for those who know what I do, my life is my website, insanachasidus.org. I've been telling the stories of Tisha by the Rebbe forever. And they really, the credit goes to Mrs. Gerari. She was a ninth grade machanechas when I started. Every year, she would bring me to her house. And I would describe Tishle by the Rebbe. It's the first time I'm putting it up online. I've never, ever done it. It's, I don't know if it's a positive thing or it's a negative thing. I, I feel it's the time. Just describing Tisha by the Rebbe is, is difficult enough. But uh, I'm making it available. I'm putting it up online, which means some people will enjoy it and some people will get pleasure from being able to tell me how I don't remember things correctly or I'm exaggerating or I'm making it up or I read imagination or whatever other compliments Lubavitchers give one another in their incredible love. <laughs> but okay, those are all my... I already put up my defenses. I already put up all the, the lines of defense for the expected criticism. So I'm holding Hakafes. That's what I'm holding. Okay, I'm holding Hakafes. Um, but Hakafes, there are two types of Nagunim. There were Nagunim that they never started, and there were the Nagunim that we started. Before we go, I think I have one question by Kipper. Sure. Um, after, I didn't volumes march every year when I was standing this chair. Just clarification. He was standing this chair and jump up and down. I yeah. I'm saying every year. But not, yeah, but. And you know what's so interesting about it? I was there so many times, I don't remember it. I push it, do not remember the Rebbe on his chair. I can't remember it. In the early 80s, they built a platform. And the Rebbe stopped jumping up on his chair. The platform was higher and it was more comfortable for the Rebbe. It was a much bigger area. And it was so high that the Rebbe's head was as high as the, the Kingston Vibe Show, the Kingston Windows. So everybody could see him. So jumping on the chair was not so safe. <laughs> it wasn't so safe. Um, and it was also very small, very narrow. But on this, so, the, they, so, so, so from the time I'm probably 14 or 15, they had this platform. But I was in 7, 7, I was 7, 8, 9, 10. I do not remember. I'm sure my brother does. I just don't remember. It's like a blank. <sighs> so the whole um, point of March was no, the Rebbe, when we would start singing Napoleon's March, the Rebbe would be facing the wall. And we would sing. And the Rebbe was in his own world. The Chlal, the Rebbe was in his own world. And after some time, a minute or two, the Rebbe would very gingerly start to bang on his standard. Okay? And after that, he'd bang a little more vigorously with both hands. Right? Then he would turn around. When he turned around, his face was completely covered with his talus. And again, in the early years, he climbed up on the chair, which I probably saw five, six, seven, eight times. And in Gedenknish, I don't know how, but I do not have a recollection of that see you. But on the, the, he would go up on the same platform, and he would have the towels over his face, and he would clap, or he would swing his hands. You know, the Rebbe had Nuis that were regular. He would clap very vigorously, or he would swing his hands like this. Maybe sometimes he would do it with one hand, but usually with both hands. And as the singing would go on, the towels would sort of slide up, almost like by mistake. But it was Bekavon, it was clear that it was Bekavon. And at some point, the Rebbe's towels would go off his face, and you could see Pnei HaKodesh, Rebbe's holy countenance. And in my opinion, he looked the same way that he looked by the Tkiyas. I told you the Tkiyas. His face was like pale, with a little red color, and you felt like he was a million miles away. And there's Bechlal Nieto. He's not in the room at all. And the, the, the Pnei HaKodesh didn't last that long, within five and ten minutes. And it would get very energetic. I, may, I remember one year, that was under the talus still. 
and you could see, I was pretty far away. I mean, I, was, I, was, I, was, I had a good spot, but I wasn't next to the Rebbe. His body was shaking, you know, like a washing machine and spin cycle. If you don't put the clothing in right, the whole machine shakes. The gufta getreselt. You could see that the Rebbe was sobbing under the talus. Sobbing. It was a very surreal feeling that the Rebbe was crying and screaming, By the Rebbe, this was a normal contradiction, a normal dichotomy. But this was one of the things I remember that one year by Napoleon's march. Then the Rebbe finished Napoleon's march, went on, and we finished Kave, Olenu, might have. The Rebbe turned around maybe 10 minutes later. He looked like a light bulb. <laughs> he looked like a light bulb, like a fluorescent light bulb. Look at the moon on a bright night. The contrast between how he looked by Napoleon's march and just 10 minutes later was, is indescribable. How a person could change so much. He looked, the, the word that I've been using, he looked beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. His face was radiant, had a shine. And it was a joy. And Rebbe would step forward and say loud three times, Good Yomtiv! Good Yomtiv! Good Yomtiv! Slower than I did it. Good Yomtiv! And the whole island was screaming, Good Yomtiv! Three times. And he could have walked on water. He walked out of the shoal so fast, always with a simch. And the Lester Poryad, he would sing his father's Akofis Nigin. And the, the, the mood of Sukkah started right then. Anyway, let's get to, I told them I'm going to do a coffee with you. I'll do a coffee. Yeah, of course. It's my, this is what I'm here for. Hakafes, there were two. I said I'm, I'm trying to start from where I'm holding, so I'm giving this segue. But there were two kinds of nagunim: nagunim that we started and nagunim that the Rebbe started. The nagunim the Rebbe started with the nagunim of the atarases. We sang three atarases, and the Rebbe used to start the nigun after each one. And the Rebbe had a small repertoire of nagunim that he would use. Or sometimes the Rebbe loved Allah Sallallahu. He loved that nigga. I don't know why, but he loved Allah Sallallahu. Um, there's one other nigga that I'm not remembering. The very frailer thing that the Rebbe offers us today. There's another niggin that, that, that was very commonly used by the rabbi. This is not it. This is not it. I'm sorry. I'm coming up with like this one other niggin that the rabbi used to start. But it was a very small repertoire of Nagunim. And the rabbi used to say, each ata eresa. And then um, we would say, the Pasuk of Arachim, the Rebbe would turn around and he would start singing and the Rebbe would clap. The minute the Rebbe turned back his face to the wall, the singing would stop. Shminat Tzeres, the Rebbe got the first and last Pasuk of each Atareisa. And um, after each Atareisa, he would start a nigan. After we did three Atareisas, we would do Ufaratsta. The Rebbe introduced Ufaratsta. So the Rebbe would say three times the Pasuk of Arachim. But the Rebbe spoke in a very high tone. The tone was failing. There's a tape of the Rebbe saying by the Sim Sefetere. It's a much lower tone. But the tone was failing. And they would say three times the Hoya Zaracha. And then in Ishnas Hakel, and this year, Tov Shin Pei Gimu, 
Rebbe the last time sang also he nini maybe as from yedet sof and become as I don't remember all the words. But call God the Yeshuvu hey now three times and then the Rebbe would start uparatsta uparatsta. Then was hakafes. Now hakafes is azoi. This the Rebbe's own hakafes and then there's everybody else's hakafes. The Rebbe got the first hakafes and the Rebbe got the last hakafes. And the Rebbe danced with Rashag, he danced with his brother-in-law. So as a rule, the Rebbe's hakafa was the shortest. Because the Rashag used to dance an arm in arm with the Rebbe. They would hold the sefetah in their left hand, they'd put their right hands over each other's shoulders and dance in a circle. And the Rashag used to look at the ceiling. I, I assume the Rashag was uncomfortable that he was dancing with the Rebbe. The Idach, it was a gvaldi geschus, I heard him when he had a stroke and he was in the hospital. He asked who did the Rebbe dance with when he wasn't there. So they told the Rashag that the Rebbe danced alone and he was so happy. And this was his, his only, um, he danced with the Rebbe, nobody else danced with the Rebbe. But when Rashag wasn't there and the Rebbe danced alone, this hakafa went from being the shortest hakafa to being the longest hakafa. They would hold the sefetah and just dance around and around and look at the oilam. At some, so they built a little platform in the middle of the shul that the Rebbe would stand and say 12 inches from the ground. And then in the middle mems, they put a platform on top of a platform. So the Rebbe was probably four feet from the ground. And it allowed more people to see the Rebbe during the Rebbe's hakafa. But most of the years, the Rebbe danced with his shvagir, with the rashag. At the first hakafa and the last hakafa. So the chazan went first. The chazan holding Mashiach Sefetera. The chazan was usually an old man. So label groaner is holding on to the Sefetera and the chazan. So Sefetera shouldn't fall down. Yankel Katz was the chazan. And they're they, they walking backwards. Behind Yankel Kat is walking the Rebbe. Behind the Rebbe is walking Rashag. Now the years that I was a Bacher, Yankel Kat was an old man and Rashag was after a stroke. So nobody was rushing. <laughs> and the Rebbe was strolling. You have to understand, they made what's called a shvil. Two long tables that ran from the front of the shul till the center of the shul, where they had a, a box of tables, which was a rectangle, about say 20 feet east to west and maybe 12 feet north to south, which was called the Ches. And the Rebbe used to walk and the people are pushing against the table on both sides. The pressure was extraordinary. And they used to walk between the two tables and in front of him is Yankel Katz going slow, behind him is Asha going slower. And the Rebbe is continuously looking back to see that his brother-in-law is okay, that no one is trampling him. And behind Asha were all the rest of the Sfarim. So the Rebbe used to walk down this little path like a man walking in a garden. Complete patience. And the Rebbe so beautiful. And of course, against the table, standing Bachrim, who could stand next? Old people couldn't stand there. And everybody tries to touch the Sefer Tena and to give the Rebbe, to say the Rebbe, the Rebbe, and if you were Zaycha, the Rebbe, the Rebbe, you should live to do it next year, and the Rebbe would say, Omen Gamatim. If you were Zaycha, the Rebbe would answer you, you also. <laughs> they, they say the first person who did it, did it because he wanted the Rebbe to tell him Gamatim. And it became a tradition. I was in the second row, I wasn't able to do it, but I was able to see the Rebbe walk. And it was looking at the Bachrim. Looking here, looking here, like a, like a, like a king walking through a garden full of trees and looking at the beautiful fruit. It was, it was a very special tea. And they would look back and say, and he's in complete, pa no rush, because it, 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 he's being held up by very slow vehicles in front of him and behind him. He went to the middle of the shul, and you go around the bimba one time and you say, no? The bimba was on the floor. Then they would go into the open space and he would dance with the rashak. So we were children. They would throw us all people's heads and they'd plop us down in the ches and we would sit under the table. So we had really good spots. We had good spots. My father would just bring us. When we were little, he couldn't do it. When we were a little bit older, he would just send us to the middle of the shul 
and the middle of the shul was dominated by children. People had hakafas, there's no place to dance because the kids were all there. We, we, uh, the Debe's hakaf, we had it under the table, and the other hakafas, we came out. And we watched the Rebbe dance. We could even theoretically reach out and kiss the Teda. And the Rebbe would dance. The Sefer Teda was in his left hand. And I mentioned to the group before you the interesting thing, that the Rebbe had the Sefer Teda with which the Friedrich had ever danced. He used it maybe one year or two years, but he stopped. The Rebbe had his own Sefer Teda. The Sefer Teda, the little white one with that beautiful crown that is made of silver and gold, it looks like a globe, was purchased for the Rebbe for, by Haram Meshach Ashkenazi. And he paid for it twice because the guy told me he didn't pay for it. And he didn't want there should be any kind of an eater on something which belongs to him. He paid for it twice. And he brought it as a gift to the Rebbe. That's the Slavit. It's, it's called the Sefer of Messias Nefesh. And then when that Sefer came, immediately the Rebbe stopped using the one the Friedrich had ever used and started using this one, which is a Pella. We all know how Mokusha the Rebbe is to the Friedrich Rebbe. Because this is his. This is the Rebbe Sefer It's Taka the Rebbe Sefer And this little Sefer Teda was the Sefer Teda they used by all the Maftir. And they had two Kriyas Atayra. They used this little one. That was the one that the Rebbe used to get Maftir in. And the Rebbe snatched the Sefer Teda. And they would dance in a circle. And like I said, the Hakafa was quite short because the Rashag was looking at the ceiling. Now, maybe 20 years before he, his, he, was, he got dizzy, it took him longer to get dizzy, but for the Yedeng, even as a child, even, in other words, even before my Bar Mitzvah, was that the Rebbe's Hakafa was rather short. And we always sang the same niggin. Rebbe's Hakafa's niggin. Then Nun Aleph, Nun Aleph, I forgot what Shemir said someone's day, but the Rebbe started himself. Ay, 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 ay. This is the Rebbe's father's Hakafa's niggin. And the Rebbe had a chavivus to this niggin, there's no doubt about it. But the Rebbe also was very shy about his father. <laughs> that's, that's true. So at, at, at some point, the Rebbe started to sing the Rebbe's Akafas Nigan, and then that's the Nigan that we sing now. It was just a few times, no Alvin and Beis. But you have Shminat Seres and Simchas Tere. And the Rebbe started his father's uh, first Akafas, seventh Akafas, and the Rebbe danced with the Nigan of his father. But until then, they used the Rashag's Akafas Nigan. The Nigan, the regular Akafas Nigan from the Tlababash sing. Now, in Rashag had a stroke in 19, the summer of 1980. So, Tzim Chastet, he wasn't there, he was in the hospital still. Membezi was already back. And he died with the Rebbe for a few more years. Memvav, maybe, I don't know about Memzayin. Memchaz, for sure not. When the Rashag wasn't there, the Rebbe danced alone. When the Rebbe danced alone, the shortest akafa became the longest akafa. The Rebbe would hold the safe with both hands, it's little safe with both his hands, and go like this. And go around and around slowly and dancing and dancing and be ma'oyder de oilam. It was it was a very very beautiful, a very very beautiful tzir. Uh, Rebbe dancing by himself. The first Rebbe always had the first takaf and the last takaf. Um, I'm going to share. I'm, I'm trying to sort of separate shmina tzayis from simchas But now I'm going to share something with you, which sort of fuses shmina tzayis and simchas together. 1980 to 81. The Rashag was not there. The Rebbe danced alone. But the Rebbe had just founded the Tzivis Hashem uh, Moisit. Tzivis Hashem celebrates its birthday, Chalamei Tzukas. The birth of Tzivis Hashem is Chalamei Tzukas. And this year, it's six hakels. 42 years. Tovshin Memalv, Tovshin Begimel. It's 42 years since the Rebbe was Miyaset Tzivis Hashem. So Chalamei, the Rebbe made rallies. with three rallies before Rosh Hashanah. with three rallies assessment. They made rallies with kids. The Rebbe prepared Tzivis Hashem Pesach before. The Rebbe called it a pilot program. The Rebbe did something for children six months earlier. And on that basis, Tishrei time, the Rebbe made many, many rallies. And then Chalamei Tzukas, 
he gave the Maisa the official name, Tzivis Hashem. You have to read the Sikhs of Chalamay Tzukis, where Debe Pasha explained why it's called an army and what happens in an army. The only award you get in an army is a, a, a medal. They don't give you money and free bicycles, you get a medal. And for that medal, you work very hard because the Ikev is not how valuable the prize is, it's the covet of having gotten the prize. And that's how the Rebbe explained the Tzivis Hashem. So the Rebbe turned around in the middle of our office. This happened. And in those years, you could still hear. I, I like to tell you that most of the years of the Rebbe's Nasiya 770 was quiet. The last years, the late Mems, it was noisy. You couldn't hear anything. And it wasn't noisy because people were less respectful. I think it was noisy because there were more people in the room than there was inches. It was just it was so many people. Somebody was uncomfortable in every place in the show. Someone couldn't stand. You know, like this, like this. So you, oi, ooh, ooh. But until the mid-lamps of Pasha, quiet. Imagine middle of that ever speaks a sikha, and I was in the middle of the shul, and I could hear. If I'm not mistaken, he spoke the fourth akaf and the fifth akaf. But the fifth akaf, the Rebbe said that the Moisad that we just made, Tzivis Hashem, Shemina Tzeres, he said this. Uh, so we're going to be mechabit all the Tzivis Hashem and Akafa with their malamdim, with their teachers. So it became 81, mem, 80, Tafshin Mamal. So that was already exciting, yeah? And then we hear that the Rebbe is going to Rakov himself. The Rebbe is a Malamut of Kindelach. If you, Steinsaltz writes about it in his books, how the Rebbe was always surrounded by kids. And how even though the Rebbe was so great and so old, there was so little, there was no generation gap. He, he was very moved by how the Rebbe had kids, mommy's under his feet, and he was so happy to have them there. And the Rebbe danced with the kids. The Rebbe went to Rakov. So there was not that many kids in shul, but it was very pushy, it was Rachmanus on the children. And the Rebbe danced with the kids. I was already by mitzvah, but guys just three years younger than I, Tafshin Mem Aleph, I was, I just turned 15. I was, I was two years and a month after my bar mitzvah. So kids are now, I mean, when you get to 58, 56, 58, all the same, and the same white beard, <laughs> and the same kvetchenai. So my friends, a few years younger than I, were, in, were 11, 12. And they were old enough to understand what was going on, and they danced with the Rebbe. The tzir of the Rebbe dancing with the kids, which I remember, was extraordinary. It was a love fest. It was a love fest. The kids felt so close to the Rebbe. They felt so close to the Rebbe. And the Rebbe made himself so available to the children. I could see kids holding on to his kapote. Holding on to his kapote. The Rebbe's dancing, and the kids are low. They're on the ground. But they're with him. It was, it was such a beautiful experience of the kids with the Rebbe. Um, and it went on for a while. The next night, every child in Crown Heights came to 770, you understand? <laughs> so this, I don't remember. Someone told this to me, and of course, once he told it to me, he said, now, yeah, I remember, but I don't remember it. The Rebbe spent 10 minutes organizing room for the kids. There was no room for the children inside the Ches. So the Rebbe came to the center of the circle holding his sevateta. And I think he actually told Labor Corner wanted to help him. The Rebbe pushed him away. The Rebbe screamed at the Bacham, gate up. The Rebbe screamed at the Bacham, step back. So the Bacham who were behind the table would step away so that the Bacham created a ring. Inside that ring there was a space between them and the table. And the children who were older stood there. The Rebbe spent enough time until every child had a space. And then the Rebbe started to dance. And the same thing as the night before. The Rebbe danced with the children with such ava, such... No, there was no separation. Little kids and the Rebbe 
understood each other. It was the, there was no problem. The fact that they were kids and they were interested in having fun. And the Rebbe is Ishal Kim Kodesh. And the Rebbe and the children had such a kesha. It was a very, it was a, it was a very, very, very special moment. That was one thing that I wanted to tell you. And the other thing I wanted to tell you, this is really more connected to Simchas Teda than the Shemina Tzeres, but I guess I'll say it now, is the year that the Rebbezin passed away. That Tishrei, Memches, there were many, many Shinuyim, many things that happened that were different, that people who were close were very concerned with. Um, and then the Rebbetzin was nostalgic. But one of the most blatant Shinuyim was Hakafis. It may have started the seventh Hakafis Shminat Seres, but I don't remember if for sure it was Simchas Tere. The Rebbe went to the middle of the shul, he's dancing by himself. The Rashag was still alive, but the Rashag was no longer able to come to Hakafis. He was too old. And the Rebbe's dancing with the Sefer Tere. He's going around, he's going around, yeah? Each time he went around, he, he was holding the sefer. He looked into your eyes. He went like this, like this, like this. Each yochid, each person. At this point, I was really in the front. I was. I had two places: a place near the middle and a place in the front. And at some point, a man said to me, "You should know you're a murderer." I was, I was pushing people, so I stopped going. So I stayed in the front. So I was further away. But I think that I looked me in the eyes. I'm not sure, but I think looked me as. Around every circle, he went another group. Another, the hakafa took a very long time, maybe half an hour. The seventh hakafa of Simchat the night, the Rebbe danced around and around and around, and he literally handed, he looked at you and he handed you the teda. First, the people closer to him, then a little further, then a little further. There are women in the Vaibishal who swear they looked straight in the eyes and gave them the sefer The seventh hakafa of Simchat the Rebbe went back to the front of the room. And instead of giving the sefer away, he took the sefer up to his place, all the way near the ceiling. The Rebbe was very high. By a kafa in the later years, the Rebbe was so high up. You know where the ceiling is 90 degrees, 45 degrees? The Rebbe Shtende was that high. But you know the ceiling in the front goes like this here on an angle? That's how high the Rebbe was. And he continued giving the sefer In other words, people who was not able to see from the middle of the shul, he took the sefer with him. He carried it up to his place and he continued the hakafa for a Meshach's man. I think it took 45 minutes. The hakafa of Simchas Teire, the seventh hakafa, Memchas took forever. And they looked at each person and handed them the Teire. It was a very, at the time it was very uplifting. It was very vada. Nun Beis, I mean the Shmuah is, it's more than a Shmuah. <laughs> the Rebbe got the seventh hakafa. And um, somehow there was an eighth hakafa. They went back to his place. And I forgot to forget to say potato away or not, but the Rebbe turned around again. We, 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 we danced extra. <laughs> there was an extra dance. But this is a little bit of the Rebbe's hakafa. The Rebbe danced with the Rashad. And the later years, the Rebbe danced alone. Now, the middle five hakafas, so I was telling the girls from the other group, they had to synchronize the Nagunim, what we were singing. So um, they would send out a little note, the first, second Nagunim. They were not, they, they were standard Nagunim that we sang back up. The Cholkanda Shrimagadeya, they were regular Nagunim that we always sang. And uh, one, one year there was two different papers sent around, because two different groups of people decided what Nagunim we should sing. But there was a group of people who made sure that we all, the whole show got a little note. So you knew what Nigan was being sung. Otherwise, the show is so big and so noisy that you have three different Nagunim at the same time and no, no one knows what the other one's doing. So we used to start those in the Gundam. And they gave that coffers to different groups of people. They had different groups of people. All the shluchim from Europe, all the shluchim from Eretz Yisrael, all the guests from Europe, all the guests from Eretz Yisrael. 
mashpiim, the groups, large groups of people giving that kafis. And if you wanted, I mean, not everybody would go because if you had to leave your place and go back to your place, it was very inconvenient. You would push to the front, and if you were really lucky, they would give you a safer. The oldest svarim were used by the hakafis, and you'd go to the middle of the shul, and you would dance your hakafis. Groups of people. By the way, they used to take the crowns of the sefer taters. They used to take the crowns of the sefer taters. Because they block, and because they break. They break, a sifatator breaks. A crown is, is not made to be yanked around. So one year that ever spoke, why are you taking the crowns of the sifatator? So after that, the crowns were on the sifatator, and every year after Simchas all the crowns went back to the shop to be fixed, because they would break, they would fall apart, because they were not, they were not made to be manhandled the way they were handled by a coffin. But the Rebbe said the crowns were the sifatator, and the Rebbe would stand in his place. And the Seder was as follows. Um, we would start to sing, and the Rebbe would turn around. The lasted as long as they never looked at the Eilam. They never turned back to his place. Hakafa was over. Arkan Hakafa bays. It got quiet. How long were the Hakafas? Not particularly long. Shminat says it could be three minutes Hakafa, four minutes Hakafa, very, very short. Uh, I, by, by the way, on a regular year, Shminat says, Hakafa started at 8.30. By 10.15, the show was over. Done. Finished. They never left. Everyone went home to eat and to sleep. The only night so as people slept was Shminat says. Um, was, it was relatively speaking quick. Um, sometimes it'd be very long, our coffee. We had a for 15 minutes also if they ever wanted. But they never ran the show, Vimezak. Our coffee could be as short as two or three minutes, they could be as long as 10 or 15 minutes. Um, and the Rebbe's Hagavot to the were very, very different. When I remember Hakafas, especially Shminyat Seres, we would start to sing a nigan and they would turn around and he wouldn't even clap. He would look, he would look, he would look, he would look, he would look. You could see him, he's looking around, looking around. Turn to face the wall, I'll cover over. Next, the whole thing took two minutes. Mamish, two minutes is 120 seconds off his head. Next, I'll cover, they took a long time. Sort of had to go back in. And they had to call the new people. And then take a bath. And so between our covers took 10 minutes. Our covers were very short. And uh, they tried to make that expedite that by creating bim, uh, on a in the middle of the show. It was very difficult. Shuttling all the sweating back and forth. And, and then Debbie turns around, invited Zelda Mice, and looks, 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 looks. Sometimes he pushed it, didn't even clap. And turns face, well, Kafa was over, that's how the Kafas were. Debbie ran that Kafas as he wished. And sometimes Debbie would clap very gingerly, just like this, much like, like as, though, as if his head, his hands, and his body, his body was looking at the crowd, and the hands were almost clapping like mechanically. That happened also more than once or twice. But then there were our Kafas, they were incredible. Know, the Rebbe would swing both of his hands and be ma'odid the oilam and it would go on. And sometimes, you know, the, the standard tenuah, I mean, the Rebbe claps, right? The Rebbe claps on Shabbos, the Rebbe claps, right? Even though there's a shal in Allah about it, the Rebbe once told somebody the first time the Rebbe clapped Shabbos was in 1953 or 54, Tashin Yadal, there was a chosid by the Rebbe, Rebbe the Shmuel Kahanov, sitting behind the Rebbe, and he said, he said to himself, Oh no, you're not allowed to clap on Shabbos. And as the Rebbe is clapping, the Rebbe heard his thought, and the Rebbe tells him, Rebbe Lishmul, the Menchasalozer is matir. The Menchasalozer, the Bunkat Rebbe, Prince clapping on Shabbos. Yeah, they were clapped on Shabbos and Yom Tev. And then, of course, this was the regular Tnuah. You know, the regular Tnuah, but the Rebbe was one hand. Sometimes the right hand, sometimes the left hand. Um, but Simchas sometimes the clapping would be very, very vigorous. And sometimes the Rebbe would swing both of his hands with Chol Koyche. But there were Tnuah Simchas that you never saw. There were motions that the Rebbe did, encouraging the Simchas Teda, which you never saw. It didn't happen always, but when the Rebbe really wanted to get the crowd going, 
this was one they were both hands like this or both hands like this and the, the most extreme was this as a beta hand as a these newest, there's no, there's, you can see pictures of the Rebbe clapping. You can see the Rebbe doing this. You can even see the Rebbe doing in videos this, yes? But this you never saw. And this you never saw, yeah? And this you for sure never saw. Because this was only some chastera. Only these were some chastera, the newest. And when the Rebbe did this, <laughs> the El didn't know what to do, you know? Uh, the simcha in the Rebbe's shul was real. But it was very respectful. It was very weirdly controlled. It wasn't drunk. You know, one drunk could ruin a whole Simchasteira. It's not, the Shikurim are at everybody else's expense. Um, it, was, it was real Yiddish Simcha. And on the one hand, we sang at a normal pace. We didn't sing so fast that we couldn't say the words. But the whole energy was very, very happy. And we were responding to the Rebbe. And the Rebbe created this energy through these various different tenuists. In my mind, I could see the Rebbe clapping like this and dancing. In other words, his legs are going off the ground a little bit. Clapping with it and his legs, like, he's dancing in his place, you know. So these were more exciting hakafis, you know. And there was certain gunim that you knew the Rebbe was going to respond to, you know. If he sang, Chalkan Rishai Magadeya, oh, on and on and on. This was, so if you sang, Chalkan Rishai Magadeya, you almost pushed the button, you know. But it, 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 let's be the truth of the matter is the Rebbe did what he wanted. Nobody controlled the Rebbe, but there were occasions. I'm telling you again, Shmina Tzedes for sure, where the Rebbe didn't clap at all, or he clapped very, very limited. And then there were times where the Rebbe, Mamish Bacholka, the Rebbe just put everything into the dancing and the singing, and the whole shul uh, would respond to him. It was, it was very, very exciting. It was beautiful. It was happy. It was energetic. It was uplifting. And it was holy. The Hakafas by the Rebbe were very, very holy. These were the Hakafas in the middle. Now the notable things about these Hakafas in the middle were these, or at least this. Simchas Teireh, the second Hakafa, belonged to the Israeli delegation to the United Nations. The Israeli delegation to the United Nations were Israelis, so they don't keep Simchas Teireh. Shminat Seres, of course, they wouldn't travel because you're not going to go in a car. But Simchas Teireh, for them, it wasn't Yom Tif. So it come with the limousines. I had friends who would stand outside and count the limousines. <laughs> I'm sure I saw a limousine once or twice, but I was more concerned with a place than with a limousine. Men and women, a lot of people, 50, 60 men and women. So the women would go upstairs and the men would come downstairs. They would go to the front of the show. And the Rebbe was very mechabedim, very mechabedim. And it was a covet for them and it was a covet for the Rebbe. And one or two or three, the like sort of the heads of the delegation, the official spokesmen of the nations, would actually walk over to the Rebbe and tell the Rebbe good yomtiv. And sometimes they would exchange a word or two or three. And they got the second hakafa, the 10 second hakafa. You may have seen a video of Bibi Netanyahu telling a story about going over to the Rebbe in Shul to talk. Do you know that story? It was, it was, it, he did it on the news. He spoke about it in the UN. He said it in the UN. He said it in the generals of the UN. He said, I'm mentioning the Lubavitcher Rebbe. He mentioned the Rebbe inside the UN. I'm going, you're going to a house of darkness. And a little light can brighten up a house of 119 people. It's a house of darkness. The Rebbe spoke there for 45 minutes. That's not an exaggeration. You know how I know? Because I was there. And we waited. Do you know what it means? Hakaf is 45 minutes doing nothing. The pushing is gefelach. And the Rebbe is talking to Bibi. The Rebbe was so aware, so aware of the Olam. 
and he was so sensitive to the Olam. I mean, the Rebbe shortened his tears when the Olam grew bigger. The Rebbe spoke to Bibi, by Hakafis, in Shul, for 45 minutes because the Rebbe knew that he needs to. It has to be here, and it has to be now. In other words, it wasn't just because the Rebbe couldn't find another time to talk to him. He could have called him into his room. It was a long talk, and it was quiet. And I think about it now. This story happened 40 years ago. Let's say Bibi is 80. He was a relatively young man. He was then the, the, the ambassador to the United Nations. And the Rebbe spent a long time with him and spoke to him. So he tells his story. He tapped the Rebbe on the shoulder. He said to the Rebbe, I came to see you. And the Rebbe said, just to see, not to talk. And so he tells the story. And then they talked. Uh, and we waited. Now, they, of course, the Israelis have a trademark, how they dance hakafas. You ever see Israelis? They hold the sefer over their heads, you know. So, as kids, we knew which sefer belonged, which hakafa belonged to the Israeli delegation, because and it was it was a very big covet for the Rebbe. And they, always Simchas Taylor, the second hakafa, they came. A few years they missed, but Azoy every single year they came and they would go over to the Rebbe. The Rebbe was machabed them, and they were machabed the Rebbe. It was a covet for the Rebbe. It was a very very big covet for them, and a lot of them today now they're old people have very very real memories of, uh, of being by the Rebbe in Shul, by Hakafas. And as I said, the different Hakafas were given to different people and we danced. Another very famous and memorable event that happened by Hakafas is the story of Hadar Zabunah. Right? It was Lamedalet, Shnaz Hakel. This is 49 years ago, seven Hakels ago. The Yom Kippur War was five days old. Well, the week was ten days old. It was a uh, Yud, and this was Chav Gimel, it's 13 days old, yeah? Start coming? I have no idea. That's a good question, I don't know the answer. So they were fighting in Israel, and the beginning of that war was terrible. I mean, the Yom Kippur War, we were losing so bad, there were so many miracles, there were so many big miracles. It was unfortunately necessary to have so many big nieces, but it was a very terrible war. So Shminat said us by night, Shminatzeres by night, the fourth hakafa. So the, if, you know how hakafas works. You read words. The, ten, the fourth hakafa says Yedei Machshavas Eshiano, Kabev Eno Atzlichano, Leivish Tokas Nenu, V'Yemke. Then there's small words. Mitzvah Hashem Baram, Irasei Nayim, Kela Hashem, whatever it is. This this word from different psukim. If if you look at the Nusach Hakafas, you'll see there's a bunch of kapitlach that have seven psukim, and you read one passage of those seven by each one of the hakafas, including Mizmor Lo V'Hol Hashem and the Elma Hol Hashem Ve'Ez. There's seven coils. The first akaf is one coil. Second akaf is the last coil. The last akaf you read till the end of the capital. So each, there's a whole, if you pay attention to what you're saying in those small words, it actually makes sense. There's a number of different things that you read from different contexts. So, so they're divided up into seven. So the Rebbe turns around, holding his hidden. And he starts to sing Mitzvah Hashem Bahara with the nigan of the old Otteres Mon Ho Wadeh Mitzvah Hashem Bahara Mihira Sinayim Keiladishem The Rebbe sang till the end I don't have a Siddur here The end of that I don't know if Chitz has it Maybe that has it The end of that Shikala The fourth Hakofa is the words Ne'imeis B'Mincha Netzach That's how it finishes Ne'imeis B'Mincha Netzach So the Rebbe started to sing I have six minutes. The Rebbe started to sing the fourth hakafa. Mitzvah Hashem Baharam Yir Haseinoyim Keil Adishem Sheva Yeshaber Adishem. The Rebbe sang. Then it finishes. Baruch Hashem Tarav Nachem Mitzvah Hashem. The three words. 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 The
the Rebbe roared. He said very loud, the image be The next night, when the delegation came, and they couldn't believe that they were dancing in 770, the Rebbe told the ambassador, He walks and tells them, Yesterday, by the Imez Mechanetzach, we already arranged the victory. The Rebbe tells them, Do you understand? Shminatzeres, the fourth Akofa. The Rebbe sang this, and in the email, so the next night, the Rebbe tells them, Last night, by the fourth Akofa, we arranged the victory with the Imez Mechanetzach. And Simchas Teldu is even a bigger Chiddush. The Rebbe turned around and started singing the Haderes Amunah with the Nigan of the French uh, anthem. Haderes Amunah. Now, I was there, and I was eight. I just turned eight. I remember, I thought the Frenchies were hitting the ceiling. They didn't know what. They were, wow. They were out of their minds. The Rebbe sang with their, with their national anthem. They were so excited. Bechlau, there were always a lot of Frenchies in 770, and there was a very good reason. Because if you came to the Rebbe from France, ready for this? <laughs> the Rebbe paid 50%, 50% of the traveling expenses. Every person who came to the Rebbe from France all the years got 50% discount on his ticket. The Rebbe paid half the traveling expenses. Do you imagine? So in other words, if 100 Frenchies could afford to come to the Rebbe, 200 came. Because <laughs> the Rebbe paid half. There were always a lot of French people. It's very important to the Rebbe. And the Rebbe, that was also a very memorable moment. I was a little, I can't say I remember it. I remember the Frenchies jumping, but I don't remember the Rebbe singing. I would be a liar. I remember where I was. I remember where I was in Jules when it happened. Um, but I cannot say I remember the Rebbe. And these are different kinds of things that happened. These are memorable things that would happen during the course of our coffers. Now, Bechlal Simchas the Rebbe was different. Shminyat said the Rebbe was kind of withdrawn. That was in himself. The Rebbe said that Abayim's that a given mer in zich. In a way, Shmuel Atzeres, the Rebbe was more serious even than Sukkot. And Bechal Shmuel Atzeres was a quiet day. There was nothing going on. People slept. The only night of Sukkot, people slept was Shmuel Atzeres. So Mechasteda, the joy was so different because the Rebbe was in a different place. The Rebbe and Mechasteda looked gorgeous. The Rebbe and Mechasteda looked like the sun, so radiant, so beautiful, and that beauty was a happiness. And if I, these are my own hergation. If, if by Tchias and by Napoleon's march, you felt that the Rebbe is a million miles away, by Simchas Tere, you felt like he's standing next to you. The show is full of people, and the Rebbe is your friend. There was such an incredible feeling of closeness. The biggest chiddush of Simchas Tere and war, that the first Atahadeh said, the Rebbe said, all 17 psukim, by night and by day. He said, all 17 psukim. And I think I remember the Rebbe saying, all the 17 psukim. I, I know I don't, but I think I do, you know. That I remember, right? Because that I heard, that I heard seven times every year. Yeah? No, nine times every year. But I remember. Do I remember? I think I remember. I tell myself I remember. But the Rebbe said the first Atarei so all 17 Sukkim. And then the second one and the third one, the Rebbe got the first Pazak and the last Pazak, just like it was Shmina uh, Tzedes by night. This was the, uh, the, one of the, you know, the, the Boiladikah difference between Tzedes and Simchastera. Now there's a lot more details that I, so I just described that coffers to you as best as I could. About two hours. It started one o'clock in the morning. Started one o'clock in the morning. 
And in minor yarin, by 315, the Rebbe was out of the show. In the earlier years, it took much longer, much longer, because they used to sell out, they sell the psukim. They would sell out the Aresa. Half of our coffers, more than half of our coffers, was not our coffers, was not our Aresa. And when there was people who used to send the children bid, I remember people raising their fingers and they would make an announcement. This stopped Lamet Ches. They, they, the only thing they allowed you to bid after Lamet Ches was the last Kimitzian. You weren't bidding, you were being Mishtatif. You, you were not bidding, you're trying to buy it, you were participating. You, you, so you joined with everybody, so they would stand there in the front. The people, the Gaboyim, Zalman Garari. And they would look around the room and say your name, that you're joining in, you understand? But in the earlier years, the Akafas took much, much longer because the Atarasis took uh, longer. Okay, so our, our class is now finished. And the next group, I'm going to tell them all the things I didn't tell you. And you're welcome to, if you want, I can send you the recordings. Send me an email, I'll try to send them to you. Okay, I'll try to send them to you.